You're listening to The Black Hole Cafe, a podcast where we spend about 42 minutes discussing a topic that has grabbed our attention and just won't let go. I'm Richard Wingfield. And I'm Taylor Wingfield. Welcome to The Black Hole Cafe. Dad, welcome to The Black Hole Cafe. How are you doing? I am doing all right. We're continuing our uh, shelter in place hunker down, whatever it is. So um, lots of IT and technology and work and uh, binge watching of things going on. Yeah, this weekend was interesting because it was was the weekend so far that I've baked the least over quarantine, uh, where I feel like it's, that's been sort of a, a, definitely a habit that I've developed. And so putting something on the TV, binging, and then uh, baking something in the kitchen. So yeah. Binging and baking. I like it. Well, you're ahead of a lot of people if you've managed to keep something in place that distinguishes the weekend from the week. So, you know, good for you. Yeah. I've definitely had that though, where I'm like, is it daytime? Is it nighttime? Who knows? (laughs) Um, All right. Well, following up with last from last week's episode or uh, last show, uh, do we have any notes that we want to go over from, from the last time? Well, I have a few follow-up items. So um, I think I said on last show that uh, you had given me the the desire to grind coffee. And with all the delays in shipping, my coffee grinders are still in transit. So we will follow up with that whenever they get here. And I'll tell you what a genius you are for having me grind my own coffee, <laughs> coffee right. beans, I can't, right? I can't so. wait to hear those words of praise. I'm <laughs> waiting for it. Then I, uh, I can't remember if I mentioned it or messed up the link, but I um, got my uh, tea sampler from the New Mexico Tea Company and, and the one I heard about on the Vulcan Hello podcast. And they're I love their custom website just for the Star Trek fans. It's tearlgrayhot.com, and that's G-R-E-Y. Uh, and I got, they have a captain's collection that comes with an infuser and a number ones collection that is without the infuser. And I got it, and they have these awesome graphics on each little package of the different types of tea with different Star Trek characters or whatever. So I've just really been nerding out with... Uh, those, I think it's 11 different teas, and I've been trying them based on the character that's on the label rather than what the tea is, so. I love it. It's like, uh, you know, every every hobby gets to have some type of, even coffee, right, gets to have some type of nerd uh, right. <laughs> a spin on it, which is my favorite. It's the best. Right. And then lastly, did come almost immediately from Amazon after our coffee discussions, uh, and I'll put a link in the show notes this week, but I found a Nice little bamboo counter uh, organizer for the AeroPress. So it has this, you can hang the part of the contraption there and keep your filters and everything. So I have a a nice little, uh, I tend to not like things on the counter. So it was up in the cabinet. And so now I have a nice little display for my AeroPress. I feel like I need one of those now that I have the espresso machine. I feel like that is some, there are so many accoutrements that come <laughs> with the espresso machine that I didn't quite realize I was going to need a place to store. Right now, they're just on top of the espresso machine. <laughs> so I feel like maybe that's my next investment as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, I have one piece of follow-up for you. Mm. Is I saw your latte arts getting better already. 
I, I do have to report that um, this morning in particular, this is my only follow-up from our last show, is that this morning in particular, on the morning of recording, I made my absolute worst and absolute best cup of espresso uh, that I have so far. So this has been about a week or so of me having the espresso machine. Um, and I made one, one cup so bad that the water didn't even come out of, like there was no coffee that came out of the like porta filter at all. <laughs> so that was horrifying because I like thought it, my machine was going to explode. Um, and then I made my my best cup, which is like uh, it was it was really satisfying. It still is not a perfectly um, pulled shot of espresso, but it was much better than like the crema, which is the the brown part that's on the top, the sort of brown foam. Um, was very was much more beautiful and it was my latte art cup so i was like i feel like it was a really nice pour or the best that i have done so far and i did some really nice uh some really nice latte art which is just you know a heart gone wrong but it was a butterfly on purpose is what we'll say so nice that is my coffee update well you are aware that i hope that that there is going to be no perfect pour it is the journey of not the course. destination and you will be pouring the rest of your life right yeah but that's right. the thing yeah. is i um that's that's the whole point is i want to be able to say that i have made the best cup so far right that's the goal is so far this was my best attempt and i want to keep getting better because i was getting a little frustrated that i felt like i kept failing really hard at pulling a good shot of espresso so as long as i am trending upwards i feel i feel good about it so Dad, what is on the event horizon for today's show? Well, today my topic is camping. And as always, I think we should insert our disclaimer. So I will put my disclaimer in here that I am by no means an expert. This is recent for me getting back into camping after a long, long hiatus. Um, and so the topic will be camping. And then as always, we're going to start with these first two questions, which are, how did this get started for you? And what was your event horizon moment when you sort of went past the point of no return? Well, the, the, the getting started, I think, was uh, last year sometime. I came across an email from REI, the Houston, one of the our Houston REI stores about the weekend. Some of them were free courses. I think this was like a four hour basics of camping. Um, and so I signed up for it. And uh, your, your younger sister and I went and did our little uh, basics of camping. I think it was a free class or if it wasn't, it, it was, you know, $10 or something insignificant. But was an excuse to get out and do something. They bring all the gear. You just bring some some water um, to stay hydrated on the hike. Uh, and they're going to talk about basics of setting up a tent and camp stoves and where to camp and how to how to filter water out of a river and that kind of thing. Uh, so it was a great little afternoon thing on a on a Saturday or a morning thing on a Saturday. Uh, and Giovanna and I both had a blast and loved it. And uh, 
so the the rest is kind of history and i don't know if the event horizon moment would be that saturday morning or maybe walking into an rei store after doing that about a week or two mm, later you're like i and, can get all and, of these yes things, and you're going and i know oh, what and, to do with them yeah, yeah there's a cool thing and there's a cool thing and oh we learned about that and and as a as a tech and gadget person mm. um camping has uh an infinite supply of cool gadgets and things so um i th i think in-person shopping might have been my event horizon moment a couple of weeks after we did that class yeah yeah i love that i feel like it's one of those things where it's like oh that the class was the spark and then once you actually saw the things that you could get and do and like you know got you excited i feel like that's like the point of no return of like well i'm in it now yeah and i think you know there is probably a little of both because i think the other part of it and we i think joke last last time about um you bringing up things to let people know that i roamed the earth with dinosaurs but um <laughs> the, the the kind of maybe it was just an aha moment like mm. uh, on the class when we went to set up the tent i was just in awe of like oh this technology is so much better and it's so much easier to set up the tent and anyone that's old like me and, and is remembering the the good old days bad old days of camping gear this new stuff is pretty cool and so um i think everybody in the class there was an older couple and a younger woman and Giovanna and I, and, and everybody is just like, wow, that is, I think only one person there had a tent. Everybody else was like, wow, that's so much simpler than the last time I set up a tent. So, um, you know, that was, there was a, a hint of the event horizon, I think on the trip. Mm -hmm. I just didn't recognize it uh, yeah. that morning. <laughs> well, that's good to know that it's gotten, uh, gotten a little bit easier. Because I think that was always like a point of stress for me, for sure. That leads to my question for you is uh, it, with camping as our topic today, and I already kind of know the answer to this, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Um, are you a fan of camping? I, I uh, certain types of camping. Yes. The ones that start I, with a G L A M P. Yeah. Glamping. <laughs> I love to glamp. No, I mean, I definitely... Um, I, yeah, I mean, I like, I like the idea of camping, um, but I, in practicality, I think if it's not like if our definition of camping is that you have to be in a tent, then like, no, I am not a fan of camping. But if the definition of camping goes a little bit beyond that of like, you know, having a cabin and like being in sort of like nature and things like that and, and hiking or like, you know, enchanted rock type deal. Like, yeah, yeah, I do. I do enjoy those types of things. Um, and, you know, I mean, the other part of that is a different type of camping, right? But like 
I grew up going to summer camps, you know, summer sleepaway camps and was a camp counselor all throughout college. And so that's definitely a different type of camp and camping. It's not, again, not in a tent sort of by yourself type deal, but it certainly is this like mm, difference of being in nature and not being in your like home with all the amenities and and things like that. So so yeah, I will say reader again, reader's digest version sort of is my answer, is my final answer. <laughs> I'm a fan of the idea of camping as we mm-hmm. as we come up with our t-shirt for each episode. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Well I'm gonna give you that as well because to clarify more of what what the event horizon is for me and what camping is for me right now is uh, what is often called car camping, right? So mm. that is not sleeping in your car. That's not what I'm talking about. But the the instructor from REI talked about uh, there are big differences between getting in your car and going somewhere where there's a campsite and setting up your camp mm. and backpacking, where, where backpacking, where you're carrying everything with you and you're off in the woods and there's no facility. So I think there is a a hierarchy kind of what you're talking about. So some of the, some of the trips that I've taken recently to some state parks, um, you can get a campsite that has no amenities. You can get a campsite that has water, like they all have a fire pit or whatever mm-hmm. for you. Baby. Um, you can get a campsite with water and electricity. Uh, and I'm going to leave out the RV sites where you can, you know, pull up your huge trailer and have right. all the amenities of home and you could bring your latte machine and whatever. But the, <laughs> <laughs> we, we did a few where the campsite had water, you know, a hose bib and it had power and it had a screen shelter. So if you didn't, then, and I saw people there that didn't have a tent, looked like maybe some college kids like taking the mm. weekend, uh, you know, and they, brought some food and a cooler and some sleeping bags that didn't set up a tent. They were in the cabin in the screen shelter, but you're still camping, roughing it. Right. You know, cooking right. outside, have, you can go hike the trails and, and do all that kind of thing. So yeah, there are, there are uh, different levels. Now I didn't see anybody with a espresso machine, but you know. Well, you know, there are only certain ways to do that. I think you, you could probably, probably couldn't do, espresso, but you could probably do something very close with like a mocha pod or something like that, where you just put it because a mocha pod just goes on like the, like a burner. Right. So there right. Are, I feel like, you know, ways to get good coffee out right. in the middle of nowhere when you're roughing it. Well, talking about your uh, experience before, right. And all your camp counseling and those kinds of things. So that, that camp's a little bit different and, uh, Certainly. The, yeah. Your facilities there you are going to be better water. than, yeah. Well, and yeah. The, most of the state parks or a lot of the parks where you have campsites will have shared facilities, shared bathroom mm-hmm. and showers and those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. So I was going to ask you too about your first camping trip. So I was, uh, you know, I may be partially responsible for you not being much of a camper because I was on kind of a hiatus too. I'd rather go someplace and, you know, oh, let's just go and have some ni- nice uh, 
30s cabin you know we're gonna rough yeah. it in a cabin and yeah which we can is cook my... outside but we'll have air conditioning and whatever but... ideal camping experience <laughs> but i was going to ask about your first camping trip my recollection is it was girl scouts but i don't know that for sure i think that is right um and i this is what i was trying to remember is i don't know if we ever did like set up our own tent girl scout trip camping but it definitely was Girl Scouts. And I remember these sort of like, almost like, for lack of a better term, like military style big tents that had like cots where you would basically just bring your own sleeping bag and everybody would be in the same, basically just raised wooden platform with a big sort of tent-ish thing over it, right? Where you don't necessarily, it's not like a cabin, but it's not an individual tent. I think we had to do sort of, like just because we were in the middle of a city, right? I think we had to do, to earn our badge, we probably had to set up a tent by ourselves, but I don't think we necessarily stayed in those tents, probably because we were too young to really stay in a tent by ourselves, or I don't quite know how all of that worked. But the thing that I do really remember about sort of like the first camping experience that I had within Girl Scouts, or like my most vivid memory, is learning how to make like an aluminum foil Dutch oven, basically, where you where it was like something we did where we made like Dutch oven brownies or, or something, you know, like that, where it was, you put this aluminum foil box-ish thing on a fire, and then here's how you make a baked good in it. Or as we were, you know, we had like our, our, camping, you know, like the, like you're saying, sort of like those shared facilities with like a, you know, picnic tables and things like that and some shared fire pits and things. But I like really have this super vivid memory of trial and erroring a Dutch oven and like making brownies in it or something for our Girl Scout camping trips. I think that's somewhere around the first experience I had with camping. I, I don't remember what you made, but I do remember you being so excited and me wanting to email one of the Girl Scout leaders to see if you were making this up because the way <laughs> the story came back is we just got a cardboard box and we covered it in aluminum foil yes, and we made is- our own oven. And I'm like, okay, that doesn't sound right. And the troop leader was like, yep, that's exactly what we did. I left out, like when I was just saying this, I specifically left out the cardboard bit because I was like, that can't be right. There's no way we just put cardboard over a fire and like made something. But that's exactly how I remember it is like, we got a cardboard box, we covered it in aluminum foil and it's an oven. Yeah. And like, yeah, but I was like, it can't be right. Me as an adult's like, can't be cardboard. No. That would just catch on fire. <laughs> so, and, and yeah. you're, I, th- I think you're probably right. I know when Giovanna was doing Girl Scouts, they had the first overnight in a tent that she did was what you're talking about. It's like a, a big wooden platform, so you're not on the ground, and it's right. big, heavy canvas. Like in my head, that's what it looks like, is it's sort of military-style, big, heavy yeah. canvas, you know, over a structure. Right. And, and it had was... like four or six cots in it. And so they, right. you just split up. And it, it, the, the funny thing is, is my other proud, fun dad moment of your early camping days 
was one of your trips, and you're probably, I don't know, an hour and a half out of Houston, wherever y'all were going. I can't remember mm-hmm. where it was. Uh, but one of the badges you were going to get was whittling. I remember whittling. And I'm like, oh, we get to go shopping for a knife. We're going to go look for a Swiss Army knife. Or do, and I don't remember how many places we went, but we, we went shopping for you to buy. And you've never been, if I, you don't mind me saying this, you can cut it oh. out if you want to, but you've never been a girly girl. So we were never going to get some pink glittery knife, right? No. You're picking your knife to learn whittling. I, okay, that is, I forgot about that. But now that you say that, I remember being so excited to learn how to whittle. And I mean, I'm just sharpening a stick. That's literally all that it was. But my, I was so excited. My like red Swiss army, like classic Swiss army knife and just sort of like learning how to do knife safety and whittling. And I think I remember just coming back and I guess we must've been over the summer because there's no way I was allowed to take a knife to school or anything like that. But like coming home and just sitting in a yard or wherever and like picking up sticks and just sharpening sticks. And I was like, I'm whittling. I, yeah, I remember absolutely loving that. I feel like that was, yeah, that's it. That was a huge part of my own camping experience was, was getting my own pocket knife or Swiss army knife and being really excited about that. And y'all were pretty young. So I think, as you said, it was really stick sharpening, not whittling, but it was, it was an, it was knife safety is what it was. Can you open and close a knife without cutting yourself? Right. Right. So, and I think it was also, you know, it was, you remember those things? I think, I mean, I think this is still a thing that people make. It was the, the homemade dream catchers where it's basically just two sticks. Yeah. Yeah together and so i think that was basically the craft was here whittle this stick so it's smooth whittle, whittle these two sticks so they're smooth and then we'll show you how to tie them together and make a little dream catcher and then everyone has a dream catcher and also we'll teach yeah. you how to not cut your own thumb off when you're in <laughs> right, pocket knife. Right. basically i think that's really what the whole experience yeah, yeah. was well but i yeah, was excited I and you were excited to to go pocket knife shopping that was so much fun and I, and we managed to not get the one that had 42 different tools on it either. It was a pretty, pretty straightforward Swiss army knife. So. Yeah. Yeah. I do. I think the other thing that I found that I think now as an adult is very funny is not understanding what the corkscrew was for on a Swiss army knife. It was like, I don't know what you would use this tool for. Like what, why do I need this twisty stick? Like, what is this? Yeah. So yeah, the troop definitely... leaders knew, but that didn't happen till after y'all went to bed. So yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that's sort of like I guess like how I got started, kind of what I got excited about. But what what do you love most about camping? Like what's what's the appeal? Because you said, you know, you you started, and I guess this is something that I don't necessarily know too much about is you were into camping, and then I feel like sort of as I was growing up we didn't really do much. I mean, I did like, like we were saying Girl Scout trips and things like that. But in terms of like you and I, we didn't really do camping trips. And you said you're sort of on a hiatus. So like, what did, what, what do you love about or love most about camping in general? I think it started, it's definitely started for me in high school. And there was always, you know, I've, I've been a nerd from the beginning and I was in the ham radio club. So know that I grew up before the internet. <laughs> hey, I didn't, that wasn't me that brought that up this <laughs> time. Right. I just have so, to say. Okay. But 
we would build, we'd get radio kits and build our own radios. And then if you wanted to, I know for, for all the Utes in the audience, they're not going to understand how it would be hard to talk to someone on the other side of the world. But what we did with ham radios is if we wanted to talk to someone across the world, Japan or whatever, you'd have to be up late at night and you mm. needed an antenna to get your radio signal strong enough to you know, get further than to the next city or next county. So we did some camping trips in high school where we went to Enchanted Rock before it was a state park. It was a private park. And we would actually haul an antenna up to the top of that huge granite dome and, wow. and stay up all night uh, trying to talk to other people in other parts of the world. And you just, wow. you had a, you had your call letters and um, I remember it. So C, the letter CQ was like calling anybody. So we'd be up all night. CQ, CQ, this is Whiskey Baker 5, Lima, Victor, India, calling CQ. And then you'd wait and see if somebody would answer. And then you'd call again. And then we had a big map of the different places around the world, the people that we got to talk to. Oh, that's so cool. It, yeah. I mean, as a, again, as the resident millennial, this all just sounds very stranger things to me. <laughs> so I, mean, I don't know if you've seen, I guess maybe it's like season two or season yeah. three, yeah. but they do this. I'm like, ah, oh, just it's, it's like, time travel, amazing stories. We can do that yeah, too, right? Yeah, so, yeah. exactly. Yeah. No, that's so cool. So we, so we built the radio. So it was a, it was nerd club for sure. But in order to do that, we'd go camping, right? So we were camping at Enchanted Rock and what have you. And, um, you know, and then job and kids and family and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So anyway, the camping just kind of fell by the wayside for mm. a number of years. Well, uh, wait, when you say camp, like when you, when you guys were in high school, did you, I mean, just like tents, did you guys just like yep. have like tents yep. and camped out on Enchanted Rock or whatever? Yep. And, yep. Yep. Nice. And, and it's, and they had facilities there, right? So there were uh, mm -hmm. toilet facilities and shower facilities and that kind of thing. So, um, and you know, and it was car camping, right? So there's a vehicle with all your stuff close by right. and, you know, so, you know, uh, we'd, bit of a trek to get up on top of that granite dome with an antenna but the um but yeah it was it was camping and then I camped with some of my buddies so coming back to the black hole of camping event horizon stuff for me recently yeah. um switched my career switched from architecture to technology and IT and so uh in the last year or two camping what i love about it is it seems to be 24 7 you're always on call there's always something going on always connected um, so i've found it really hard to disconnect unless i get out of the city and so for me to go find a place to go camping get away from all that not, you know, there's really not a lot to do. Get up, make breakfast, clean up the base camp, go hike for several hours, come back and sit around the camp and have some lunch and read a book or whatever. So as a way to disconnect when I live and work in a really always on connected world, mm. that's been a big, uh, that's been a big thing for me. And then 
you know, Texas is a big place and there's a lot of parks. And so that's also something that's been fun is trying to just try new parks and go, oh, I didn't know that place was 40 minutes away, 30, 40 minutes away from where I live. And it's Mm. a beautiful park, right? So you had a really big birthday this year. Yes. And I mean, even, even it was one, it was a birthday with a zero at the end. Yeah. Which is helpful. (laughs) I'm sure to all of you. But I mean, even to the point where you chose to spend your birthday at Big Ben, like camping and hiking and sort of, right? Like disconnecting. Yeah, that was a, that, that was a, one of the national parks in Texas and I had never been and I've heard from so many people what a great park this is. I mean, one of your good friends Molly's always talking about how this is just such a great place. But yeah, I took a week off. I mean, it's a 10, 12, 14 hour drive from Houston to get there. But I took a week off and, and went camping by myself and hiking. And it was, it was, it was amazing. So yeah, and that was, that was some serious disconnecting and, and very different to go from big city like Houston to spend a week in, uh, in the desert. <laughs> I mean, growing up, going to, it's a little different, right. Than, than sort of this like car camping, you know, deal in terms of, you know, summer camps and things like that. But in terms of the, the disconnecting, I mean, that's what I loved so much about every time I went away for a week, two weeks, three weeks, whatever, over summer camp, or even when I was working as a camp counselor, was the things that become important to you during a time where you don't have really cell service, right? You don't have a screen to look at, you know, there's this like weird, I find it really hard to describe to people who have never sort of done a sleepaway camp or a week away or something like that, where you can, you, you turn off the lights in the evening and you can see the Milky Way. I feel like that's the thing that I do really like about any type of camping experience is that your your day-to-day is so different. It really makes you reflect and like you said, disconnect, which I like a lot. I think that that, that sort of juxtaposition of, especially for you, right, working in IT and I also work in tech, so similar thing, right, of this super, super connected world and then going camping is just sort of like, you and nature. Well, what what struck me when you were talking is, yeah, the benefit is both real and and metaphorically is the noise falls away, right? So whether that's the real noise of the city and yeah, when everything calms down at your camp, it's still quiet nighttime in in the hill country, not city noise. And then for both of us in IT or technical parts of the uh, world, our jobs, professions, um, boy, there's so much noise and distraction that goes away when you're out and you're just like, well, I'm, yeah, it's, it's not the same as I'm just going to turn my phone off and put it in the corner, but I'm still in my house, in my apartment, in the city. Um, you know, so yeah, that, that part is, is very different. And then when you get, to, I mean, Big Ben was, I think it's 800,000 acres. Wow. I mean, the park is huge. Like once you're in the park, 
you can drive another two hours and just be in another part of the park, right? So yeah, it's wild. Yeah, yeah, it's huge. So yeah, you're you're lots of stuff falls away and and, um, and the perspective just changes. Yeah, it's yeah, it's hard not to be uh, calm and reflective, and it, yeah, you know, all yeah. that falls away, and there's room for that to come in. Whereas in our day to day, there's really not room for that. Like that's sort of the nice side of camping, but I, w- I want to hear about like, the, what is the, your biggest camping failure? Because um, camping can go horribly wrong. I'm just going to say, <laughs> yes, it's yes. one of the reasons I don't love to camp. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Yeah. There can be all kinds of problems. Um, maybe that was the beginning of me wanting to uh, get into productivity and being organized and making lists because you also need to be sure you bring the important stuff with you. Yeah, you right? have so, to prep because yeah, yeah. like, otherwise you're sort of SOL. <laughs> so that's a lead into the uh, biggest failure trip. Um, mm. So in high school, uh, lifelong friend and still friend, Warren and I decided we we're going to go camping one weekend. And, just the two uh, of you? Yep, yep. We're just going to head out, take, take a long weekend and go camping. I think it was a long weekend. It, it certainly was a long two days. Um, <laughs> typical high school boys, you know, we, I think we threw a cooler and I'm sure we had some sleeping bags, but not much planning. Just, you want to mm. do this? Yep, let's go do this. So we drove, I think, probably two, three, four, 100, 100 150 miles to um, Garner State Park. So we get there um, kind of late in the day. And realized, and again, I'm going to go back to pre-internet and, you know, super easy to do research and know all this stuff now, but really it was just a couple of dumb high school boys that didn't think about any pre-planning. So we get there and we're checking in to get a campsite and they're like, well, you have to be 18 to stay overnight. And neither one of us was 18 yet. Oh no. So so we've driven a hundred and something miles and we can't stay overnight. (laughs) at this campsite. So oh we start thinking and, and I had that experience with Enchanted Rock, which we knew was a private park, mm. not, a, not a state park at that point. It's a state park now. So we're thinking, well, let's go to Enchanted Rock. And um, so we get out the map and we drive another hundred plus miles and however many more hours. Oh my God. To get to Enchanted Rock. And luckily they, you know, they were not full. They had room. And so we get there um, and we're getting the, the van unpacked and we're getting ready to camp and it's already dark. Uh, I think we had flashlights, but we didn't have headlamps. Um, And we decide uh, it's so late and whatever, we've been just mostly driving all day. Let's just sleep under the stars. We're not even going to put up the tent. I don't think we got to sleep before the thunderstorm hit. Oh my goodness. (laughs) And so we're grabbing our stuff and we're thinking, oh, look, and for those who don't know, Enchanted Rock is kind of this big granite outcropping uh, like a big, I don't know what the, if it's a thousand feet in elevation or whatever the elevation changes, but the lots, and so the lots of big rocks and granite and what have you. And, and we see this spot where these are huge boulders that kind of create a little 
shelter but between the boulders so we're like look we, we can't set up the tent in this storm or whatever let's just we're gonna go wait out the rain in that little sheltered area under those two big boulders that had kind of fallen against each other so we scramble up there we get in that spot we're sitting there just waiting and the rain's getting harder and harder and it felt like we ended, i think we ended up just going waiting out the rain in the van because it felt like all the water running off the mountain came right between those two rocks oh my so, god so we weren't getting wet from the rain coming down on us just like the river yeah, running. yeah everything oh rushing god. through there i think we slept in the van because the rain wasn't stopping um and so that was a complete fail. So then I think we got up the next morning and we're gonna looking at the map, go, oh, well, what about Pedernales Park? We'll go, we'll go there. And I think that was another hour plus drive. And we got there and I can't remember why we didn't stay there. If there was some, maybe they were full, right? Cause mm -hmm. we couldn't camp mm -hmm. overnight. Uh, but at some point we're just like, oh, geez, let's just go back home. So Texas is a pretty big place. And over the course of a day and a half or whatever, we had made this huge loop. <laughs> oh, my God. And didn't really get to do any camping uh, to speak of. So, yes, that was, that, was, that was the absolute worst, quote, camping trip ever, right? Yeah, that's my biggest thing is it can go so horribly wrong because nature is not forgiving. Nature's not looking at your calendar going, okay, well, no. this is the, this is the weekend I'll have rain versus not or whatever. So. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I, you know, my sort of worst camping experience was um, when I was at a music festival. So when I went to, this was, I don't know, a couple of years ago now, maybe three, four years ago, I went to Glastonbury in England and Glastonbury is, for those who don't know, a huge, huge, huge music festival. It, it takes place on this ginormous farm. Um, and so there are camping areas and then there are stages. And, um, and the year that I went, we went to England, we bought all of our camping things there. And what we basically did was, okay, here's how you do it. I was going with people who had done Glastonbury before. You buy a tent, you buy an air mattress to put in that tent, and maybe a sleeping bag or two, right, to, to sort of keep yourself warm because um, it's England, so you don't know what the weather's going to be right. like in the summer. But, the, but anyway, the year that I went to Glastonbury was – the muddiest year of Glastonbury <laughs> that they have ever had. It's, it's there like by far. Um, the mud was at least ankle deep everywhere we walked because it basically had rained up until Glastonbury, which was ridiculous. So like we didn't actually have to deal with that much rain while we were there, but everything that we owned was caked in mud you had to we had this like we had to do like a quarantine area in the front of the tent to make sure that we could take off our like ridiculously mud caked boots leave them outside the tent before <laughs> we got into the tent and so it was just like and it's it's five days so it's five days of no showers in this tent in this ridiculous amount of mud you're just like your hydration is warm cider and like 
I mean, it's the best time you never want to do again is like sort of how I would describe it. It was amazing and ridiculous, but like, oh my gosh, it, I was like, I don't, I don't want to do this ever again. I, it was that, that even that, cause you have to even walk like to get from a stage to your tent is like, you know, it's the same thing. Mother nature was not kind to me on that, that trip for sure. So that sounds like the kind of mud too, that you just step out of your boots, right? Cause uh -huh. they get stuck oh, in the, yeah, yeah. Thousand percent. It was like, I think my legs got so strong just from having to step so carefully and pull my boots with my legs out of the mud. So with all of that being said, what are the gadgets? What are the resources? Like if I wanted to go out camping, not, not, well, I guess technically that is pretty social distancing, but you know, <laughs> if I wanted to go out tomorrow, what, what should I, what are the things that I need to have? You know, that's, um, it, it's a little bit scary for me because I went and I was like, oh, well, I'm just going to look up the history of some of my purchases on REI or Amazon and, and see where I started and, and what I got. And um, luckily it's multiple pages, so I can't see totals of how much I've spent over the last two years on camping gear, but you know, I'm a gearhead geek anyway. So to get started, you don't need all that. Right. So like I said, there, especially in Texas, there are plenty of parks where, they're, they have screen shelters. Um, I've actually seen and heard, listened to some podcasts from some people. They have, you were talking about an air mattress. They have air mattresses designed for cars. Um, so if you have a SUV type where the back folds down, you can get an air mattress that like fills that whole back and just sleep in the car. Uh, they have some that have the this kind of weird shape to them where you can put it in the back seat and it levels it blows up and levels everything out so you know at least one person could sleep long ways in the back seat or you get a screen shelter or whatever so at that point if you just want minimal they all have fire pits so you don't even necessarily need your own camp stove right you could you could get a cooler and get your food. And if you get a camp stove, there's all of the kind of dehydrated camp food that you can get where all you really need to do is boil water. And then you put hot water in and you have lasagna or you have rice and beans or you have, you know, whatever it is. So you could, you could start uh, pretty easily. It sounds very sci-fi, I have to say, of like, here's your dehydrated stuff to make while you just put it in water and poof, you've got a lasagna. Yeah. Yep. Well, it's not quite lasagna, but there yeah, are, yeah. they do have lots of different ones. And you, the, some of them, it's just like, you know, you just need a utensil because you pour the water in the bag and you can eat right out of the bag, right? Love it. So you just put it in the bag, it zips closed, you let it sit for two minutes or whatever it is. And, um, but really I think what you'd see at most campsites that is the like number one thing that everybody has to have to be comfortable. And that's a good comfy camp chair or a hammock, mm. <laughs> right? Yeah. So if you're just you hanging around camp, you know, yeah. Do you have an Eno? Cause that was always the thing at like summer camps was the, the Eno hammock. Yep. 
what was so like the, the big thing. Yeah. And I, that's my own, that is my one sort of like, Oh, I'm an, I'm a camping nerd. Not really, but that's my like <laughs> brand name that I know of, yep. of camping things. Well, and what the collection I have, I'm pretty sure almost everything I have, I bought on sale or clearance. Mm. Right. So I got on the REI email list and they'll have, you know, great. This is last year's tent. Well, who cares? The color changed, but the, it still functions the same, right? Yeah, not a whole yeah. lot of features different. So, um, so you know, and so that's how I got the hammock too. But I, I think the the big thing, you know, start research parks near you. The mm. other one is you were talking about. Do you need a tent or whatever? All these parks have uh, day passes. So if you just want to get into it a little bit, you can go, I'm going to get up early in the morning, go out, have a campsite, yeah, make breakfast, cook whatever. And most of them, the gates, they close the gates at 10 p.m. for safety reasons. Right. So you wouldn't even have to uh, stay overnight if you just wanted to, you know, go test it out and get set up. And if you're, if you're staying overnight, you need some kind of Fan? Flashlight, headlamp. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Some kind of what? What did you say? Fan is what I said. I just fan. assumed yes. that Texas, you're like, yes. Fa- yeah, yes. in Texas that you, you have to have a fan no matter yes. what. If you're camping in the summer in Texas, you need yeah. some kind of fan, which is when you pick the campsite that has power, right? Mm, so, yes, yeah. Um, well, I have certainly proven that I am have no knowledge here whatsoever. Uh, besides whittling, I can contribute to the the. <laughs> you can sharpen sticks. I can sharpen sticks. Um, okay, so if you have to pick one recommendation, what would it be? Just one. So I, I would say, for, especially for the just getting started, if 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 you're in a a city that has an REI store. Go look online and find one of their little free classes. And uh, most of them actually happen in the real world. It's not go sit in a chair in class. Mm. Um, so that, that um, as a resource was great for us. And they have, you know, I've done some other ones. The, the other thing for me, I love the hikes. And we'll end up with an episode about cameras, but I always take my camera with me. Yeah. Um, so that's part of it, but that can be your camera phone or whatever it is. But the, the thing that <clears throat> I'm going to, I did the most research on, uh, I live in Houston. So we're in a storm hurricane area. Mm-hmm. And I ended up buying the brand. I'll put the link in. There's, Gold Zero, there's a ton of them out there, but they're battery pack charger kinds of things at all Hmm. different levels. So the one I ended up buying was called the EcoFlow River 370, but it's got multiple USB ports and a couple of regular outlets and you can charge all kinds of stuff with it. Um, I think it says up to nine devices, but this isn't just because I was talking about disconnecting, it's not a way to, okay, well, I can bring all my devices and sit there on my laptop and, you know, do Mm. all this work. Cause a lot of times there's not much signal anyway. Uh, But I do want my phone charged because even if I don't have great signal for making a phone call, I can usually text. So you Mm -hmm. want some of that for safety. 
Um, I do own now a GPS device that doesn't rely on cell signal, so that's an extra safety thing. That may need to be charged. Um, I'm trying to be environmentally conscious and get rechargeable devices as opposed to batteries or whatever. So right. camp lantern or headlamp or whatever, oh, you need yeah, something yeah. to recharge those things. Um, as you know, I've become addicted to closing the rings on my Apple Watch. So I want to have that charged so that when I go on a four-mile hike, I get my yeah. points for that. So anyway, this thing is is really handy, but <clears throat> I also keep it in my car all the time now because if we have a storm and power goes out in the house or if... I'm stranded on the side of the road and my cell phone's running out of battery or whatever. I would say some version of that is super handy. The one I got has a regular, has two regular like wall outlets. So if it's summer and you have a cheap fan from Target, wow, yeah, you can just plug your fan plug into in. that thing and let it go. And if it's running out, you can plug it into the cigarette lighter in your car and recharge it. Nice. From, from your car. So um, anyway, that was the gadget for me that I did the most research on. And, and it, and it's a multifunction device now. So if, if there's a huge storm or something and the power's out at home, I can charge the phone or plug in a fan or do that kind of thing too. So. Yeah. I love it. That's, that's really awesome. I do have one final question for you just cause I want to know the answer. Sure. What is your favorite meal that you have cooked uh, while camping? <laughs> well, I'm going to give you two answers because we talked last week about breakfast is my favorite meal. True. Um, so it's not anything fancy, but I do take a cooler and have a, a plastic, hard plastic container that lets me take eggs so I can have eggs and bacon or eggs and sausage in the morning. But the the cheap one that just tastes phenomenal for some reason when camping is rice-a-roni. And making rice-a-roni. I'm not surprised by the, that at right. all. So <laughs> I love that. Okay. Well, I think that is all that we have for today's topic. So I think that means it's time for us to move to our special feature that we do at the end of the show, the media black hole. So for this week, what is your suggestion for some type of um, book or movie or TV show that is worthy of getting sucked into? So I'm going to recommend The Expanse. Surprise. Shocker. Yeah. And um, we can get into our lifelong argument about whether to do the movies slash TV show first or the books. I have done both and they're both really good. I would say unless you are a avid reader, you probably want to start with the TV show and skip the books because I think at this point there are nine books. Yeah, that's in the that's series, what I was gonna right? say. I was yeah. like, if you recommend the books, like that is a huge time investment uh for for books because there are a lot of them. But we've got a bunch of time on our hands now. So yeah, maybe, yeah. I mean, maybe seven to nine books. I don't even have lost count of how many books there because they're the, they're the books and then they have little novellas that go mm. with it. And, but the TV show is really good. 
uh, and fairly true to the books. And, and like always, you just get so much more character development and deeper story from the books. So I get to fill all that in watching the TV show. So I recommend yeah. uh, either or both. <laughs> um, so mine this week is a, a podcast. Um, so I have, th- this is something that I find that I actually am listening to podcasts a lot when I'm in the kitchen because I can't always be, you know, the, a lot of the TV shows that I watch, I want to be focused on them and, and sit and actually watch them versus like a podcast is really nice when I'm in the kitchen and cooking or, or anything like that. And so the podcast that I want to recommend, which is a podcast that I also recommended to you and you now love, um, is called No Such Thing as a Fish. Um, it is by the researchers who um, do research for a show called QI, which stands for Quite Interesting. Um, it's a British TV show, and so I'll also recommend the TV show because it is one of the most hilarious. It used to be hosted by Stephen Fry. It's now hosted by Sandy Toxvig. Um, and it's one of the most interesting and hilarious TV shows just about like interesting facts, but there's just a bunch of comedians on a panel. Um, and then the podcast is, uh, is amazing. It's, it's four researchers who are also basically comedians um, who pick a fact that they have learned from the last seven days. And then they all talk about the facts together and it's hilarious and interesting and you always learn something. And it's my favorite uh, for all of you. Well, actually folks out there, it is my favorite source of all of the well actuallys that I have is, is from no such thing as a fish. And, and I will give it two thumbs up. You told me about it. I started listening. I don't miss an episode and I don't know if you've listened recently, but I'm a couple episodes behind, but yeah, because of the, um, hey, we're all stuck at home and pandemic stuff. They announced on a recent episode, they have re-released a bunch of the really old episodes that weren't available before. So now you can go in the Wayback Machine and hear even more No Such Thing as a Fish. So, And they also have, uh, they have a couple of books, which are um, the... Uh, book book of the year from I think maybe 2019 and 2020 maybe even 2018 so you know lots of good media from no such thing as a fish and the folks there would highly highly recommend yeah both of those great picks I think yeah um well I think that's all the time that we have for this week thank you for joining me at the black hole cafe to discuss your latest obsession um my pleasure and um So I I think what I've learned is there are just a few things that I need to get you out camping with Giovanna and I maybe this summer if we ever get let out of our houses again. So we'll we'll see how that goes and uh, have it in some follow-up in a future episode. Um, And then uh, so next week or next episode will be your uh, event horizon topic. Do you know what that's going to be yet? Or are we going to leave everyone in suspense? I think I want to do something. I was really thinking about, we've, we talked about this a couple of times. I've been really, really into baking, but I feel like both of my picks can't be food related. So I think I want to go with something not food related and maybe D and D. Um, so I feel like I'm leaning, I'm leaning to, towards that, towards something not food related. So we'll see. Uh, D&D would be interesting. Yeah. 
I've got a lot to say and I want to hear your thoughts on it too. So, you know, <laughs> right, right. I think, I think maybe we'll go with that, but, but yeah, we'll, we'll see if, if that, uh, if that ends up happening or if, okay. you know, <laughs> if baking wins out. All right. Well, thank you all for listening today. We'd really love it if you subscribe to our show in the podcatcher of your choice. Um, and if you would rate or review us on Spotify or Apple podcasts, that'd be awesome as well. You know, only good things though. We don't, we don't want bad things. Um, and we'd love to hear from you. So you can send us an email at info at theblackholecafe.com or let us know what's on your event, event horizon um, on our website, which is www.theblackholecafe.com or on Facebook and Instagram at theblackholecafe.com or on Twitter at blackholecafe.com. So thanks again for listening and take care and don't forget your towel. Thanks everyone. <laughs>